when it comes down to it, I think you just got to have that that personal check-in meter, but also still have checks and balances for yourself. Just because I think everybody knows when they're running a little hot or running a little low. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. This next interview is fun and different. If you're looking to build out a business with partners, you're going to want to listen to this one. I've got Victor Burnett, Carl Folks, attorney at law. And I don't have their third partner in this one, but you may have heard his name. He's Blast. You may have heard him on the radio. Now, all three of them combined create this amazing company called Eagle. And you're going to be hearing a lot from them on the news, on different channels for music. And pay attention because the way they run their company, their philosophies can really take your business to the next level. The way they have checks and balances is really interesting in a great way, by the way. So listen into that, their company policy, the way they make decisions, the way they're hiring now, what they're looking forward to in the near future. They make an amazing team. I was very happy with the way this interview took shape. These are very talented people. Listen in, you're going to learn on this one. And let's have some fun. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success magazine podcast. And today I've got two really amazing people. And I'm going to introduce them, Carl and Victor. And you've got a third business partner too, but he's not with us today. Guys, welcome to the show. I'm excited to talk about your creativeness, your philosophies, and the amazing growth you've had because it's it's out of this world. And I want to talk about that because our audience, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people that aspire to succeed in their life and business. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Nice. And Carl, you're you're like super far away from, from Victor and I, so... We'll start with you since you have the disadvantage. We're in uh we're in LA. So how how'd you guys end up meeting, man? Um, we I think we just met uh during the normal course of business. You know, um my first company was a law firm. So I'm a, a practicing attorney specializing in entertainment. So, you know, I rep music producers, artists, songwriters, record companies. Um, and I started to build a lot of traction on the East Coast. So, you know, there was a time where the guys were looking for an attorney, some legal needs, some business needs. I kind of reached out first just because I saw um, sort of the trajectory of Blast. And then Vic obviously was there, you know, helping Blast put the pieces together. I, I was kind of a natural third piece. Nice. I like this. So, Victor, was it you and Blast who started this and say, hey, let's start something together? And then Carl fell into this mold or, or how did this start with you? Yeah, I mean, I think it was more so like a domino effect. I was originally, when I got out of college, I was running product distribution and all the product design for uh, Benny Bloom's production company. It's called Groundwork Media. And so after working with him and Dame Dash for a little bit, I ended up opening up a studio on the production facility lot. And so just from there, I think we were just, I started building with Blast from that standpoint, just from a marketing and a social media perspective. And then it just continued to grow naturally. 
And so Blast already had Eagle when I met him as far as just the concept, the, the overall design, the color palettes. So it was really just me coming in, throwing gas on the existing fire that he had already started. Um, and I would say Carl just did the same thing. It just, just was a little bit later after that. Oh, I like that, man. It, it's interesting how things progress. That's why I'm asking the beginning of this, because I think that's where the magic is. Yeah, It's either going to succeed or it's going to fail because of who's partnering together from the beginning. Right. So how did you guys know that you could work well together? And did you have any fallouts at the beginning? It's like, oh, I just can't work with this. Guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I will be the first one to say that. I mean, when, when Blast told me that we would be meeting with an attorney, I didn't expect Carl to be the natural molding of attorney. So I, I would just say uh, <laughs> I, I, when he walked through the door, I definitely wasn't expecting who came through. But um, we're all so different, but also similar at the same time. I mean, we, we all come from the same same cut cloth. So I think it was kind of naturally easy for us to, to all aggravate together. Yeah. And, and I'll add, I think our philosophies, our internal philosophies are pretty close. Right. Like, I think all of us were like, hey. Let's navigate this music business the right way, because we've seen people, you know, not own their masters, not own their pub, you know, not build real businesses from from the culture. So we really wanted to I mean, those things for us were just the the starting point. All of us agreed like, hey, we're going to do this our way. Um, we'll take our time. We'll grow five to, to five to 10 X every year, as opposed to some, you know, trying to trying to break through in the first year. We just had that 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 similar philosophy. And. You know, I think the 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 last part I'll say is there was a large point in time where none of us were making any money, right? And we still were dedicating our time, energy, and resources because we believe. So I think that belief in Blast as an artist and then kind of our trust that we built in that in that short period sort of carried us through. All right, that, let's talk about that belief in the philosophies right after. But with the belief that this is actually going to work, that is a common theme in successful entrepreneurs, but it's also a common theme in, in ones that continually fail as well, right? So when you're in the middle of it and you're saying, hey, you're not making any money, how did you keep going through that? Because I'm sure you're saying internally, like, damn, is are we going to make it? Or also other people looking out and then saying, yeah, I don't know if you guys are going to, you guys should actually get a real job, right? What What is that? How do you get through that? Well, I'll say, I mean, I, I know Victor, he has a lot of stories of guys, A&Rs and people just saying, hey, you guys can't do it the independent route. You can't do it with this this company that you want to partner with. Like these are these are actual facts. And it just all oh, it just keeps happening. It's happened until this day. We've pro, we've had, you know, platinum records. We've had gold records. Tours are being sold out. We've signed other artists. We sign other producers and songwriters. And there's still that that question of doubt. Right. It's easy for us because when you're when you're principled and you know what you're, you're you know, what you're building and how good it is and how much time and effort we put into it. I think, you, you know, confidence comes from preparation and, and ability. And, and we're always we're working. So. I think I think that's where it comes down to. I like that. How about you, Victor? Yeah, I mean, I would say one, I think a lot of people base a lot of their business dealings off of proof of concept. And I think the biggest thing for us was that each one of us individually had a proof of concept for ourselves and in our own individual practice. So it's kind of like a big thing that Blast says all the time when they ask him, how do you come up with Eagle? Um, and he always explains like an Eagle is one of the highest flying birds that doesn't fly in flocks. So he, his his vision was to bring together a bunch of Eagles to be able to come together, people who can stand alone on their own, 
but also come together and make this great transformer figure. So I think that was really the base of it for us. Like we seen what Carl was doing. Obviously, Carl seen what me and Blast was doing and vice versa. I seen Blast, Blast seen me. And just in our individual practice every day, I think we were all very, very um, confident in one another's ability to succeed. So I don't, and, and definitely what Carl said, it's kind of like people tell you you can't do something. You get a lot more motivated to kind of prove them wrong and shut them up. So a lot of that along the way as well. That's <laughs> true. That's very true. Uh, so, what happens when you do get three people at, at the high level that you three are in, and then you have challenges with the way things are possibly running? How do you go over that? How do you just continue to work through any challenges that you have with each other? I think it's just about staying consistent. What Carl mentioned earlier, we we all do have the same morals and values at, at the base level. So I think a lot of this stuff is just making sure that we stand consistent and these are all really business decisions that we are making and that, and that we're not involving personal objective into them. But I mean, obviously some, some of the personal comes into it just because these still are like passion projects to a certain point, like some of these things and some of these things are just like crazy dreams that we have that we are bringing into fruition. So obviously you got to bring a little bit of personal insight into it. But I think the biggest thing is that we all really keep the same energy for everybody. Tristan, I think you were kind of alluding to it. There's kind of a challenge, especially, you know, in scaling. I think all of us have built things before, but nothing this big. Right. So I think with each level, I think kind of looking back and saying, what's it going to take for us to get to the next level? Because it requires something very different. So we're challenging each other sort of every single step of the way. I like that, man. What's it going to take to get to the next level? So when you ask yourself a question like that between the three of you, what is typically the answer? What What do you answer? It's funny. I think I think it's all personal stuff. I think it's like digging deep into your soul, like, you know, fixing the problems that you've been avoiding. Right. Blast historically isn't the most vocal or, you know, he, he he's not the, in love with press opportunities, but he's been challenging himself to get better at that. And to speak more and, you know, what that does in turn is allow us to build more community and also just breaking those personal barriers that he has for himself. And all three of us have those sort of personal things that we need to sort of address and we're addressing them. That is so true. We find that at every level. And as you're succeeding to new heights, I think one of the biggest challenges we also see is people tend to lose the balance with their personal development along with their business development. So how are you keeping track that you don't lose yourself in this? Um, That's a really, really, really good question. It's tough. I, I don't know. I don't know if I even have a good balance of that yet. And it, it's, I think it's probably because of where I am in my career. You know, I'm not on the other side. I think we're very much so on the apex, reaching it, getting close. But, you know, we know we have so much. We're, we're on that upside, right? So I think that's probably a question that we can answer 10 years from now. From everybody I talk to, the game's going to do stuff to you and you're going to have to fix yourself after. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think you may have answered it in your in your response. It's like you stay so focused in the, the continual growth that you don't have time for all of the other things that are happening, right? And, and that means staying focused not only on this art, but in making sure like you're taking care of yourself. Like you mentioned earlier, both of you. Victor, what do you think about making sure that as you continue to grow as, as a unit, 
right? And individually here, that you don't lose track of what's really important at the end of the day, which is which is you internally, your mind, your body. How do you how do you keep track of that? I mean, sometimes you lose track of it, right? Like, I mean, a lot of this stuff becomes like Groundhog's Day, where it's like a step and repeat day so much, especially around times like tour. So much of the same process every day for the amount of time. So it's really like when it comes down to it, I think you just got to have that that personal check-in meter, but also still have checks and balances for yourself. Just because I think everybody knows when they're running a little hot or running a little low. For me, at least, I mean, I just got my own routine just as far as like exercising, making sure that putting the right things in my body. But I mean, also, you got to have people around you that hold you accountable, too. So I think that's kind of like the most beautiful thing about our partnership, in which we have now, that all of us challenge each other in a very different way, just because we were coming from a different perspective. I like that. Victor, when did you figure you had something special here where you're like, oh, shit, I th- think we have something that's amazing? I mean, so when I first started renting out my studio to Blast, he originally was coming in there by himself every day. And I just couldn't figure out how he was being productive. So when I walked in one day, probably about after like a month of him renting the studio out, I asked him, like, what have you been working on and how have you even been able to get anything done in here because you come by yourself every time? And then it went down a series of questions and from who does the graphic design to who's recording the videos, who's editing the videos, who's producing the music. And every answer was me. So when I heard all of that, I immediately knew like, okay, yeah, we need to lock in and and make this happen, which is what Carl was alluding to earlier was like, it was so much of a great product already on the table. It's like, how couldn't we come in and be like, we can see that it's not a question of if, but just a question of when. So it's like, let's, let's try to get this to the finish line because this is a unique product. All right. I like that. Carl? Yeah, for me, I mean, it was very similar. I think, obviously, the the initial product and the ability that Blast had um, as a creator, I think, sort of was the backbone of Eagle and still is the backbone of Eagle, right? At the same time, I think, for me, when it really clicked is when we started having conversations about, you know, the future, the five, 10 years, what that looks like. You know, and, you know, all of us were thinking very ambitiously, you know, let's open up a facility in L.A. Let's, you know, let's make sure we own all the music. Let's let's put the next generation on. Right. That means signing them to the proper deals, sort of breaking the chain of chaos. That is the music industry. Right. Everybody complains about it, but then they participate, you know, in, in regards to the business. So we just wanted to break a lot of chains and really grow this thing vertically and horizontally. And, you know, that's the stuff I like. I don't like building small stuff. You know, I don't want to be a part of things that are just, um, you know, you just put music up on DistroKid and you release it and it streams well. And, and that's, you know, for, for us, this is just a, a vehicle for us to impact the world at large. And I think they everybody wanted that. When would you say you started growing significantly? What was that first indication of that? I'd say now. I mean, to be honest with you, we we've always had a lot of people you know, on the team, right? Um, you know, manage uh, tour managers, day to day people, finance, all those things. We've always had those those roles, but now we're getting really, really granular, and we're we're able to set up operations. You know, at a new level now, right? We have a creative director, we have advisors and consultants, we have creative teams. Like, so we're right now. I think we we're we're going from sort of mom and pop operation to you know a, a pretty large scalable company. 
Congratulations, guys, by the way. It's been, it's kind of cool to look into because I was doing some research. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I would just me looking and reading. It felt like it grew so organically, right? And it's beautiful to see those things. But I know you guys have had challenges along the way. And a lot of people saying, hey, it just can't work that way. Yeah. Uh, are you finding less and less people are saying that and more people are opening up doors to you that were closing them initially? How does that look? Um, I mean, definitely we have people, they always double back, right? They always double back. And you, you have some people who don't have any ego and they're just like, I was wrong. Like, let, can we please do business now? And then you still have some people that kind of stand on their stubbornness and and still kind of give like a backhanded compliment as far as like the process that we're going through and whatnot. But I think the overwhelming majority of people respect what we're doing now. I think there's always a truth to the hate, too listening to to the criticism and kind of pulling out what's true and what's false, right? Because some of your biggest critics or your biggest haters could also be sort of helpful in just, just being truthful. Like those are people who cut with their words the most and, you know, tell you things that maybe people around you won't tell you. It's not a sensitive thing. I don't think we look at that criticism in like, or those, those things like, Hey, you know, we never want to work with these people ever again. I think there's always something we can pull from it. I like that. All right. Looking back just a little bit, maybe about a year or two, what are some things that you wish you would have done quicker to accelerate the growth that you're seeing now? I mean, on my end, I would say I wish we would have established a little bit firmer company policy, you know, just because like the give and take when you're creating a business at the startup phase is that most people that you have to pay, you end up paying them less than they're actually worth just because you can't really afford it. So you end up buying in the people who buy into the program in which they understand the long game and what's to offer. But the, the, the problem with that is also that sometimes these people don't scale um, as fast as the business is scaling. So in times, you, your company may feel a little out of whack or just the employees in the company may feel a little out of whack just because of what the requirements and how they are growing so fast. So you know, I mean, obviously that's just something that you don't know, you don't know. And obviously we're getting to that point to where we have to decipher what is good for us and what is not good for us. So as you speak about those those different trials, tribulations, humps we have to go over, I think just making sure that the environment that we provide for our employees and the company work structure is um, top tier, just so that the people gaining this experience from working for Eagle are actually gaining a meaningful one. Yeah. I also think, you know, when you're a young CEO, you have a bit of imposter syndrome, right? So we weren't making decisions quick enough. And a lot of people around us um, were in our age bracket or maybe maybe a year or two younger, but people you just knew and right, they they kind of view themselves as your peer, you know, as opposed to somebody who has to take direction or an order. And that's really tough to overcome, right? Because you might know somebody for five to 10 years um, at a peer level. And then now you're telling them this is what you have to do. So I think there is some there's definitely a lot of natural pushback in that. Um, and, I, and I think really just making decisions quicker. You know, we didn't I think the past three years, we just didn't make decisions quick enough. Um, and a lot of that just, you know, I think was having a good heart, a little bit of that imposter syndrome and just not making decisions quick enough. I like that. Both of these, by the way, really, really important things you guys brought up. That's it's really cool to see Like you. you this is the difference when you when you ask somebody who has never run through this business process before, you can really tell uh, the answers. Like, Victor, the answer you gave me, that's legit, man. That's like, 
That is so serious. People don't scale as fast as the company does. And you're like, what do we do now? It's like, what the hell do we do? Such a great point on that. Thank you. By the way, both of you smiled when I asked the question. So I was like, okay, this one's good. And Carl, uh, really good point, man. I think we don't make decisions sometimes because we feel like, am I worthy even to make a decision that quick? Like, that's so true. And we feel that growing. And just so you know, anytime you're, you're going to continue to grow and do amazing things, both of you, and you're going to still feel that as you get older. So just expect that. But that's that's a cool thing because you guys are going to keep on growing into new places, which is amazing to see, by the way. Yeah. Very, very cool on that. Now, if we pivot a little bit, you guys are, uh, Blast is coming out with a new release, right? Soon. And I think by the time this is out, it's already out. So tell me about that. How much effort did you put into that? I mean, you know, with Carl being Blast representing legal um, right now, it's just like, I think Carl has to deal with the bulk of the reading and the emails, just as far as it comes down to clearances, all that type of stuff. So, I mean, I, I always would like to give a lot of credit and shout out Carl in that regard, just because... I mean, again, when you talk about us being so similar but so different, that's one of the things that is unique to him that none of us really have. I mean, well, outside of him sharing his information with us and kind of teaching us along the way about about these music business structures and these deals and how they're put together. But I mean, ultimately, I think it's just a it's just a joint effort. Like Carlson, we're expanding as a company. Um, we're hiring new people. We brought on our new creative director, Myoa. He's been he's been great just in the actual execution process and really kind of I, I always like to throw out the term vertical integration. But I mean, as we step higher on the on the staircase, um, we become more vertically integrated as it goes. So I, even this this project is going to be kind of like the epitome of Eagle as a vertically integrated company, just because we've decided to shoot all videos in-house, all graphics. Everything about this project was 100% in-house. I like that. You kept everything in-house. That's key, man. Uh, as far as hiring a creative director, this new creative director, let's talk about hires a little bit. And then I have a question for you, Carl, about legal. But is this the the hire that allows you to get to that next level that you were looking for? Is this one it? Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I, I think it I think it is. And I think kind of getting back to the EP release, I think this is the first time now where we're sort of managing the the rollout as opposed to doing the rollout. You know, previously a lot of what certain people would do, you know, maybe Vic would be doing, right? Just because we didn't have that many people. Now we're just managing the process. So I de- it definitely takes a lot of trust um, because you now you have to trust the people you hire and empower them to make the right creative business and decisions, you know, with with our management and help. But yeah, we're, we're I think more so we're just managing the process. And I think even for Blast, that's probably one of the tougher things that yeah, uh, you know, he has to understand is he's a he's a multi-hyphenate creator. Uh, you know, Vic Vic talked about it and we we talk about it a lot. You know, a guy can, you know, writes a song, produces the music, does the graphic design, you know, does everything, but at some point it becomes counterproductive to all the other stuff we have to do because there are bigger things that we have to do. So the, this creative director, uh Maya, um, you know, I'll shot Maya. Maya is a, he's an incredible creative, um, all about action, all about experience. You know, he's been helping us. Nice. I like that. So who do you think you have to hire next? What position to be able to get to that next stage? Because I know you're already seeing holes. HR. 
I was going to say that too. I literally was going to say that. Yeah. HR for sure. That's so good. Do you agree, Carl? Uh, I agree 3,000%. And I would say we're all probably good managers in our own right, you know, with different skill sets. Vic probably being the best person to person manager, you know, me kind of having, you know, good corporate temperament and, you know, just, you know, understands protocol and then Blast just kind of leading by example. But it's too big now. Right. You you have 12 people, 13 people with uh, another set of contractors and consultants that don't include that for it's just a big it's just a bigger operation. And a lot of people are interacting. We're traveling together. We're doing a lot of stuff together. So so HR is going to be it's, it's super important. I like that. All right, Carl, going to you. The media doesn't usually go in and, and look at the back end of things that happen. Like, how do we build this? Right. Which is kind of what we're doing right now. And. When we're looking at the legal side of this, because there's a lot of pieces that nobody will ever see on how you kept people out of trouble, how you kept people going just for the future, like you're protecting everyone here, all the rights. What are the things right now that you're looking out for to make sure that that you don't lose control as a company of the things you guys are creating? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a battle between the funds you need to scale um, and sort of what that means for your company, um, right? You know, you know, all money is not good money, and you know, we're at a place where for us to probably get to the to the next level, we probably need a, a, a large batch of funds, um, which there are plenty of people, you know, who I think would be willing to give it to us. But I think we got to understand, we got to realize we're not your typical company, right? This is a creative product company. We make products, we sell them. Um, we develop art, we create art. Um, that's what we do. So that's a little different than maybe someone, you know, investing in a tech startup, right? Looking to or SaaS software, you know, something like that. You know, we're 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 actually a creative sort of incubator. So there's a risk in investing in that, but there's also I think the control part is really really important for us. Like I think we got to make sure that the next three or four years, as we are scaling, you know, we we keep that creative integrity. We allow Blast and you know Maya to continue to create at a high level. So I think there's naturally a, a fight between creative integrity um, and then bringing some of the the more corporate powers that be to be along. Yeah, I like that. I do, by the way, I do see that combination in other great companies where the creativeness leads the structure. It's not the other way around, right? It's not the structure that leads the creative. It's exactly how you're doing it, by the way. So keep that up. That's that's pretty powerful. Victor, now I have a question for you and I'll go to Carl on this one. So Carl, you have time to think. Victor, same question. Who's your mentor right now? Because as you're growing, it's like, I'm just like your company is possibly outpacing some of the people you originally hire. The mentors that you were looking to sometimes also can kind of get left behind, right? So who is your mentor right now? I mean, I think I have a few. I mean, when I was working for Benny Boom, I mean, they've always stayed super consistent. Um, his CTO, his name is Nick Stokes. I um, mean, I was a tech company called, called Envoy. So he's always consistent in just throwing ego opportunities, just kind of like making sure that we we are abreast to like new opportunity in the tech, technology world. And I mean, also we connected with David Gross pretty recently. Um, and then he's real big in the commercial real estate world, VC world. So, you know, just, just gaining new information. But I also think that, I mean, we got some young employees too that, 
are all we have about like six or seven employees under the age of 22. And I think that they all keep us on our toes as well, just making sure that we stand relevant and that we learning from them. But I think that's a big part of Eagles culture is to like make sure from the top to the bottom, whether you 35 years old or whether you're 21 years old, you're able to bring and provide new perspective. So I would say, yes, those these mentors and these people that are are exposing bigger business models than we're used to seeing to us. They're super, they're super appreciated and super important. But I also just got to shine, shine light on the youth around us as well, keeping us, <laughs> keeping us afloat. Nice. A good answer, man. How about you, Carl? I definitely have a few. Some I know, some I don't. You know, Ryan Leslie, I do know, you know, fairly well. You know, Ryan was, you know, he's a Harvard graduate who was also a platinum singer, songwriter, you know, an artist, right? And he he stopped doing that to build Superphone and all the other companies that he's building, right? Superphone is that text technology that record labels use to blast out marketing campaigns, right? So when the song's about to come, you know, you're getting that directly to your phone um, and text is a channel, right? And Ryan used to talk about that stuff years before the industry called on. Same same thing about blockchain and Bitcoin. You know, he was involved in a lawsuit, a um, very public lawsuit regarding some music or some money that was misplaced by someone else. And something happened in a lawsuit and there was a judgment not in his favor and the government sort of tied up his, his funds. So um, at that juncture in time, he started only accepting blockchain and Bitcoin as payment. Uh, Bitcoin is payment. And that was, man, that, w- that was super early. I don't know what year it was, but it had to be 10 years ago. So, and, and then he also talks about, you know, investing a lot, right? You know, he talks about sort of his Apple portfolio um, and how him just investing earlier was one of the best things in his life. And he never took any money out and just kept investing and kept investing. So I think anyone who can come from the music industry and exercise their creative chops um, but learn to operate like a high function, you know, business person. I think that's something that, you know, I sort of want to bring to the music industry. You know, I'm an operator and I'm not sure how many operators, you know, were in the music industry or view themselves as an operator, but you are. So, you know, any manager or somebody on an artist team or trying to build a company from the music industry, you're an operator. And I think guys like Ryan Leslie um, sort of prove sort of the reach you can have when you build the right way. Nice, man. By the way, I love both of your responses are slightly different, but like you said at the very beginning, both aligned. Very interesting to see that. I could see why you guys get along, by the way. It's kind of cool to see. How do you decide who you work with? Because a lot of the times I've seen companies make mistakes early on. And even as they're growing and they ended up working with the wrong company and it takes a long time for them to unwind that. So how do you decide? I think one, we got over the fear of saying no very early. Um, I think when you go through a process of independence and and trying to procure a structure like ours, especially with going in with a partnership like Red Bull and their other endeavors, um, you get used to having to facilitate a lot of things on your own, which makes you very weary of people just trying to be all hands on in your business. I mean, the, the want to to be to be involved in 100 percent of the steps, I think that kind of uh, that kind of shoes away. The, the a little bit of the negativity and, and some of the business some of the business deals that maybe not so much in our favor but others i think 
like you said, like we're we're just all so in sync. We talk about everything. Like everything is the discussion. Nothing, no decision is made by one person. Like obviously there's some stuff that we may just make a decision with on the fly just because we understand the synergy that we have and we understand the sentiments that Blast is trying to give off, all that good stuff. But most of the time, this is just a group chat conversation. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, or we might jump on Zoom and have like an hour conversation and just hash everything out. But I mean, uh, everything is collective and everything is well thought through and it's a slow decision. Nothing is made like very quickly. Yeah, I, I think from a business side, it's like, you know, you you try to keep your, your deal short and sweet. You know, I think um, there's always a dating period before you get into any long term, you know, relationship. Right. That And that applies to business. So you date before you lock in a long-term contract or partnership. But even then, I think you sort of find ways to build exits or keep the the deal reasonable in length. So you can get to that next chapter um, without a nasty litigation or, you know, and I know as a lawyer, I know litigation screws up. Energy is expensive. It's mentally, spiritually taxing, um, just not something you want to do. So I think you try to keep the, the, your your dealing short and sweet. I like that, guys. Since Blast isn't here, maybe you can uh, see how he fits into all this. As far as his energy, as far as how you all three get along, because I see I see how both of you get along really well. What does he bring to the table? Is it the creativity and the diversity? Uh, obviously, the obvious, right? Right. But besides that, on the back end, the things people don't see. How how does he fit into your world together? Um, I mean, on my end, I would say on both of our ends, Carl likes to joke about this all the time, but like starts off with just similarity in, in taste of music um, and just understanding, OK, do we have this in common at the, at the ground level? Because, I mean, it is at the music about the music at the base of it all. But then at the next level, I mean, Blast, I think Blast is just more of a business person than he even thought he was. The things that he wanted to get into, maybe he thought were not as attainable so fast. But also, again, that's where he comes into the picture where it's like some things that we thought weren't possible at a certain level came a little bit fast. Whether those be features, whether those be different production opportunities, some of the stuff just comes with the flow of it all. So I, I think Blast is is just a person that I mean, me and Carl are both college graduates as to where Blast didn't go to college. So I think me and Carl just kind of like add different things to him that he may have didn't know worked and press different buttons and made his car just go a little bit faster where he was like, ah, I didn't know how I can shift it into that gear. But um, yeah, I, I think Blast adds just as much as what me and Carl add just in a different light. Yeah, I, I would say too, funny enough, I think most people view the artist to be probably the, the more reactive. And I, I'll probably say me and Vic are probably more reactive than Blast. Like, Definitely. you know, I think when certain things happen from a business perspective or we see somebody trying to do certain things, you know, we're going to react. Like we're just kind of, you know, hit, you know, we're head on type people. You know, there's not going to be a situation where someone's going to try to do something to us or our business and we're not going to try to address it or attack back. Right. So he is more of a non-reactive, calm person, which gives us a lot of balance, right? Because because of his interest in the company, who he is, his foundational part of the company, that calmness, that tranquility definitely um, is a calming factor. And sometimes maybe we might want to jumped out and did something, you know, or sent the message or sent an email that we probably shouldn't have. We didn't because we knew Blast 
you know, isn't that type of person. And, you know, we're reflecting not just our business interests, but most importantly, his interests, right? We're his representatives. We are the people who are leading the company. So I think those things are, you know, that that's what makes him special. That's awesome, guys. I didn't know that. See, so now you're being approached by new artists. Now you're like, hey, take me on. This is amazing. How do you decide who you take on? It's just going to sound a little step and repeaters, but I mean, obviously somebody, one of us has to go out on a limb and be like, I love this artist. <laughs> I think that's one. And I, I think really it's just like, is it a mutually beneficial play for us? And is it a mutually beneficial decision that will be made? And is it going to affect the artist in a positive way? And will it affect the company in a positive way? I mean, obviously we're in a place where Blast is still in his ascension and he's still growing as an artist. So I think everybody understands that like Blast is at the forefront of where Eagle Eagle's mission stands. But I think that when you look at us as business people and entrepreneurs, the type of people that we look to bring in the fold are also self-sufficient. Going back to Blast, Blast um, definition of what an Eagle is. So, you know, when we're making those decisions, we're pretty much bringing on a lot of people who are able to work, have a good workflow that are coachable and don't really have a lot of vices outside of productivity. Nice. I like that. Carl, I think you answered the question completely there. That was, you probably have the same response on that one. Yeah, I really, I really don't have much to add. <laughs> All right, let's talk about favorite songs. What's your favorite Blast song? And then what's your favorite current song? That's a really good question. I think I think uh, favorite Blast song is probably probably something from the old, is, you know, the, the old days, man. Probably uh, Back Home. Um, it's off the six tape. It was a, you know, it's still an indie release. Um, still to this day, straight up indie and just a classic, man. I think that was, that tape was the one that sort of caught the whole eye of the West Coast. Like this guy's making a new sound and, you know, it reached me all the way in, in Jersey. So um, kind of shows you the power of that record and say favorite record right now. Another really, really good question. I'm actually I'm pulling up my Spotify right now. I'm cheating a little bit. <laughs> Don't worry. I did the same thing. So I'm just yeah, saying. I, I think probably i think j cole hunger on hillside hillside is a street in uh queens we went to the same college st john's university and uh hillside's a very important street in in queens so when he's talking about hunger on hillside i felt that Mm -hmm. makes sense nice all right since victor went second he probably has the better answer carl i'm joking so i would say my favorite blast song is a song called searching that was also i was on his first uh on no love lost i mean i just I just love that song from the jump. That was one of the first songs Blast played for me as well, like when we first started working with each other. So um, I, I definitely seen that. I seen that song come come to fruition. Um, and my favorite song, um, I would say right now, is a song by DJ Quick called Well. It's just like heavy in the instruments. I think the barge, Elder Barge is playing the guitar on the song. So it's like I, I like to play that song in the morning time just to get my day started. All right. What do you guys do in your spare time when you have spare time? Because I'm assuming you don't have very much, but downtime. What do you guys do? Where do you? How do you guys chill? I'm a Madden player, and I mean, I I play golf too, and I go to, and I like the gym. So, and those are like my three top things to kind of zone out with. I like that. I like that. How about you, Carl? Definitely the gym, right? Playing basketball, um, just being in that environment, like you know. Both of us, uh, you know, Vic played uh, football at the the college level and 
you know, I was a competitive um, player in Jersey basketball. So, you know, sports is just a part of our life. So I think just, just being around sports, going to games, watching them um, on Saturdays, Sundays, that definitely takes the stress off. And then, uh, then wine, you know, I'm a big wine guy. Nice. Have you tried uh, Gary V's wines? I have not tried Gary V's wines yet. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. You guys have to try a pickleball. I know we talked a tiny little bit about pickleball yeah. before, but if you guys like sports, you guys are going to love that. I mean, yeah, I'm going to make it happen. Everybody, everybody's playing. So we're in LA. I'm, I'm going to see if I can connect you guys to, to Jamie Foxx so that you guys can play in his, at his backyard. Now he has three courts there. I don't know if you guys know three courts in his backyard. Okay. So that'll, that'll be fun guys. Thanks for being on there. I'm excited to see the rise. I feel like, I feel like you guys are just getting started and it's already up here. So it's so cool to see great job on what you're building. It's uh you guys are very talented and uh very honored to talk to you guys so thank you likewise likewise thank you for having us thanks tristan i appreciate it i appreciate you guys those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today if you like what you're hearing drop us a review or just tell your friends this has been a success podcast head to success.com podcast to hear more just like it 